You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 102. This episode is sponsored by Eric Sue Mastermind. Get support and answers to break through your health and fitness obstacles. Now offering monthly mastermind sessions that are convenient to fit your schedule. Learn more at www.ericwsue.com forward slash mastermind and to see our free bonus. I'm so glad you decided to listen to my podcast. It's about health, fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle topics. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are a long-time listener, thank you for your continued support. Remember to rate and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher as it improves our ranking in the podcast world. I am sure that you have a friend or two who could benefit from all this awesome health information. So be awesome and share this with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast with inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and healthy living topics. You will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a caring and fun health coach with us today. Her name is Ali Guerrero. We'll be talking about the connection between food with your mind, body, and spirit. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Ali. Ali, are you ready to make it happen? I am. So Ali is a certified health coach and a 200 RYT yoga instructor. After going through her own health transformation, she was inspired to share her experiences in order to help others connect with themselves and learn how to improve their own health and happiness. The self-growth and personal transformations that come from just simply being able to speak uninterrupted and be truly listened to can be profound. Allie's passion is to help her clients develop and strengthen that crucial connection between body, mind, and spirit so that they can discover what is truly important to them in their lives. She emphasizes the importance of tapping into our intuition and building a healthy, loving relationship with ourselves, as well as preparing and eating fresh, wholesome foods that nourish both our bodies and minds. By helping her clients to nail down and visualize specific goals, they are able to make significant lifestyle changes that are not only sustainable long-term, but also catalysts for self-transformation. Ali truly believes we are our own best healers and that sometimes we just need a little bit of help getting started. Ali, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you tell us a little bit more on how you got started? I got started with health coaching after graduating from college with my bachelor's of science in chemistry. And working as a chemist was interesting to me in terms of the analytical portion of it, but I was lacking that personal connection and greater sense of purpose. So I did a little bit of self-discovering and decided that I wanted to work directly with people and came across health coaching actually through a yoga class. And that sparked a complete career change, and I'm just really happy to be able to have my own business doing something that I'm very passionate about. Very good. Excellent. Good story. Um, we talked a little bit briefly before this uh, podcast, and um, 
I had wanted to know what's one cool or unique fact about yourself, and I know you're prepared. My audience really loves listening to this answer, so what could you share with us? I am actually a skydiver, and I have made almost 400 jumps since 2011. I hold two Illinois state records for the largest all-female skydiving formation and sequential formation, which is where we made uh, two different formations on the same jump. Excellent, excellent store or uh, uh, fact, I should say, and, and I've done one. So there goes, there goes my uh, impressive story. But oh wow, how, how did that uh, happen? Those formations. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Well, so for um, formation skydiving, it involves a lot of planning on the ground. It's for a state record or any record for that matter. There's a very specific formation that needs to be built. And if even one person is incorrect in the formation, then the record is not valid. So there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And then as for the actual skydive, we had about 40 women. I think the final total was 38. And we do not all fit in one plane. So we have to not only coordinate ourselves, but the pilot has to coordinate flying two different airplanes so that when we jump out, we're close enough together that we can all come together for one formation. So there's a lot of flying, there's a lot of skill, and a lot of fun. <laughs> Very good. And you have to be in good shape to do it in a way, right? Yes, definitely. Awesome. Very good. So speaking of um, getting in shape and, and so forth, you know, we, we decided on this topic called Connecting Food to Your Mind, Body, and Spirit. Um can you help our audience understand that a little bit more? How do you how you would describe it? For me, food is much more than just the substances that we put into our body. And sometimes when we're looking to make healthy changes, we're struggling with different symptoms or we're looking to lose weight. Just looking at the foods that you're eating and choosing things that are low calorie or low fat or trying to eat less, that can be difficult for people if there's no greater meaning behind it, if it's for just the reason of losing weight or for going on a diet. And it's really important, I think, to have a more personal connection with your food and to understand not only how it's affecting you physically, but how it could be affecting your mind as well, which goes directly into the spirit aspect of it. So... I like to teach my clients to really slow down while they're eating and to take time before the meal to just take a few deep breaths to get into a good mindset because that's really where digestion starts. And just taking small steps towards creating these healthier habits is just the beginning of that. Excellent. Good. And, you know, when, when people sit down and eat, what what do you I guess, observe when you see people sit down and eat? Do they just rush through their food? Do they um, not think about what they're doing? Or how do you see how people can improve their connection? I see people sitting down most commonly with their phone or with the TV on, which is a big distraction. Not only you're losing the connection with the food, you're also not paying attention to how you're eating, how much you're chewing, if you're chewing enough, if you're putting too much food in your mouth at one time. And that can lead to gas, bloating, and then over the long term, just poor digestional health. Mm. 
And when you eat really fast because you're distracted and when you're not connected with what you're doing and focusing on the meal, you tend to not get that feeling of satisfaction from the food and that can often lead to cravings or to overeating in the same meal because you just don't feel satisfied. So I also see people um, preparing foods that were just microwaved or prepackaged. And so again, you're not understanding where that food is coming from and when you actually are preparing the food yourself, not only do you have that pride that you know you made this for yourself from scratch, but it also allows you to be a part of the process of how the food was made. Got it. Yeah, that's that is a uh, lifestyle, isn't it? Where where people are um, getting fast food or eating uh, from the microwave, if you will, quote unquote, and um, that's what lifestyle is all about. And I guess you coach people on how to improve that aspect of their lives? Yes. we Coaching is not a short-term, immediate fix. As with anything in life that's worth doing and keeping with you for your entire life, it's going to take time. And so by teaching clients to, again, connect with what they're eating and connect with what they're doing, the transformation, it happens almost by itself just through that. Um, I know you have your own story, uh, and the story that you have might be relatable to a lot of um, the audience that listens to this. Uh, would you be open to just sharing a little bit about your transformation? Sure. I was overweight. Not by a lot, but definitely enough for me to notice it, and uh, it was like that my entire life. And Looking back now, my diet was what a typical American diet is, you know, just the packaged food, the snacks, the fast food. Um, The other thing was I I absolutely did not like vegetables at all. And so it was always something I knew I should have been eating, but I just could never get myself to enjoy the taste of them. And then my friend introduced me to green juicing, funny enough, when I was in college, and I thought it was gross, but um, I... We started drinking them anyways and noticed that I started having more energy and that I felt better. And that kind of sparked my interest in changing my lifestyle, honestly. And as I got more into that, I've since moved away from the green juicing and just really started focusing on cooking foods from scratch, moving away from packaged foods, and just being kind with myself also, knowing that you don't have to eat what your idea of a perfect diet is 100% of the time. It's giving yourself leeway. So I like to teach my clients the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, you eat things that are fresh, that are nourishing. And then 20% of the time, you allow yourself some leeway. So if you're at a a birthday party or a gathering and there's food that... um, may not be on that list of fresh and healthy, but you allow yourself to eat them, and that's where the mind-body connection comes in because you're finding a well-rounded approach to health. And for me, that was what helped me to lose 30 pounds with not ever counting calories, not restricting, moderate exercise, nothing too crazy. And in that two-year process, I'm still learning now, though, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about the connection with not only what I was eating, but just 
how I approach my choices as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story, and I think there's going to be a lot of people listening who are like, man, um, if she can do it, I can do it. And what 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 would you say would be the hardest thing that you went through? And maybe some of my audience um, who's listening might be going through the same things. And what kind of encouragement can you give them? I think the two it was actually two biggest things that were difficult for me. The one was the fact that I was a very picky eater, and like I said, I didn't like vegetables at all. When I started making these changes, one of the biggest things that I did was cutting out a lot of the added sugars that I was eating, um, and that just kind of came along with moving away from processed foods. But I noticed that over time, my taste buds definitely changed, and just learning how to cook vegetables combined with moving away from those sugars, I was able to start to actually taste their flavor, whereas before they were very bland and not delicious to me. And so now I eat any and all vegetables and I enjoy them. So that's something that I think, even if you don't like a food now, it's worth trying to prepare it different ways and to keep trying it and then find the foods that you do like and that you can stick with. The other thing that was really difficult for me was time. And I know that that's common for a lot of people. I was full-time in college when I started this and I was also working three different jobs. So I had pretty much very little time to do any kind of food preparation and cooking. So I just made simple meals, things that I liked. I did a lot of meal prepping. So the days that I did have time, I would make meals in advance. And I just, again, made small changes. And over time, it just became part of my routine. And it became something that I liked doing. So it was also a form of leisure as well, which, I think it's important to find that connection as well. So that way, um, instead of it cutting into your leisure time, it actually becomes a part of your leisure time. Excellent. Good, good advice. And, you know, one of the things that I think um, when I discuss food with people is like, how do people see food? Do they see it as something that they feed on or do they see it as something they fuel with? And I'm, I'm curious to know if that fits into connecting with uh, food uh, with this topic. Do you, do you see it that way? I do. And it's, I think it should be both ways in a balanced situation. Food traditionally is something that we use to uh, sort of bond with each other. I and mean, food is always at any sort of big gathering or event. And so it does have an emotional and satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It besides just the fact that it's the fuel we're putting in our bodies. So I, I do think food should be enjoyed in that sense. And that kind of just comes with, again, paying attention to how you're eating, allowing yourself to eat, and not restricting yourself, and then just eating foods that you really enjoy. But I do see people seeing it more that way, just as pure enjoyment rather than how is this affecting my body, and is this the right fuel for me? So a balance is best, but I, I see that not as many people are looking at it in terms of fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just thinking here, and I could picture some people uh, wanting to do a exercise uh, with food to connect with it. Um, and do, do you, could you describe a, a, a meal for someone and what they should be um, looking for, um, what could they expect, I guess, 
to to fit this connection? So first with the preparation. So ideally you would want to prepare something from scratch or as close to it as possible, and it doesn't have to be a complicated meal. Most simply, my meals would be something like quinoa with whatever seasonings I was wanting that day, some sort of protein, whether it be meat or beans, um, or even tofu is fun to experiment with, and then some sort of vegetable and even some fat like an avocado. So that could be really simple to prepare. And just taking the time while you're putting it together to maybe smell it, to notice how it looks, and just, it sounds silly, it sounds very simple, but often we're so distracted by other things that we, just taking the time to consciously use your senses around the food can be the first step to start to find that connection and then put you in a good space so when you sit down to eat, you're focused on the food, your phone is not right in front of you, you're in a quiet space. So all of your attention's on your food, which fires up your digestive system and allows you to chew slowly, really taste the food, feel the textures, and in that way you're almost turning meal time into a sort of meditation. Mm. And not only is that helpful for your mind, that also helps you assimilate your food better and absorb nutrients better too. So just looking at the food, using your senses, and just being very mindful of how you're chewing and how many chews you're taking per bite. So, hmm. um, Is there a correct number? I've heard many different numbers. <laughs> yes, it depends on, I guess, what you read. A macrobiotic is um, a form of eating that's actually really related to this topic. They would recommend 50 to 100 chews mouthful of food, basically chewing it to the point where it's mashed. <laughs> mm. And that could be a good exercise if someone's really struggling with not just swallowing their food. <laughs> but yeah. I think long term that that's not really a sustainable option. You're not going to sit there spending an hour eating because you're chewing 100 times per bite. <laughs> um, I would say at least 20 would be a really good place to start, and even that can be difficult if someone's not used to sitting down for a longer time eating. Yeah. Do, do you find uh, in the studies that people who chew more eat less, or is that just for the reasons of digestion? I, I don't know if those statistics are correct, but I know from experience that when I really slow down and chew thoroughly, that my meal lasts longer and just because it lasts longer makes me feel more full so I don't mm. not sure if that's a psychological thing mm. but I know for me definitely it helps me to just manage my portions better I see I see I've, I've heard um, I've had other dietitians on the show and they said eat your regular portion wait 30 minutes and if you're still hungry you can have another portion so that's kind of um, guiding people to um, have good portion control and then not overeat at the same time. Uh, have you heard of that? I have. So, and that, I think that's really good advice because it's helping you to eat intuitively, which again fits really well with this topic. So instead of just mentally, I want more because it was delicious or for some other reason, you're actually waiting, distracting yourself a little bit, moving on to other things. More often than not, you'll find that you're satisfied, even if you didn't originally think that you were. 
And then if you truly feel those hunger pains, then you know that, okay, I can have a little bit more. And that's just tuning into your body and eating intuitively, which is really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, people, I think, want to know also, what, what's the long-term benefits maybe? Uh, I know the short-term benefits you had mentioned earlier, but what's the long-term benefits? It's a better relationship with food. It's an overall sustainable way to improve your diet if you're looking to incorporate fresh foods or to start cooking more often, approaching it in a mindful way and to have that connection with your food. That's what transforms it into just what people would consider a diet, into something that this is a part of my life and this is something that supports me in my goals, whether they be physical goals, career, uh, spiritual, relationships, anything in your life that you are working towards, you start to see food as that fuel to keep you inspired and to keep you going and to keep you feeling your best. So it supports you throughout your entire life. Very good. You know, um, I was uh, watching the Today Show or something like that. I forget which one. And uh, they were talking about how people who take photos of their food, um, I think they eat less or something. Or I want to say that that's a way for them to monitor what they eat. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? I know this may be off topic, but do you have any thoughts about taking pictures of what you eat? Well, from someone that does, I do take photos of my food <laughs> because I post them on Instagram for inspiration for other people who are maybe running out of ideas of what to eat. And I think that that's something that I see makes sense. Um, it takes me time to do I arrange it in a certain way and then I make sure that the lighting is good. And <laughs> instead of just yeah. throwing it in a bowl and eating it, I know, and it sounds... It sounds really silly, but people love to look at pictures of beautiful food, so mm. I do it for them. And <laughs> it's great. It's, it's great. just, it's, yeah, that's almost sort of a meditation in itself because you're you're touching the food, you're preparing it in a certain way before you're actually eating it. So yeah, awesome, awesome. I'll have to get on your Instagram and check out your food for inspiration too. But uh, yep, it's just some full wellness is the the username so. Awesome. We'll make sure we get that in the show and also ask you again later too. Now, um, how would you wrap this whole topic up um, and maybe give us a summary of what you talked about? <clears throat> we were just talking about taking what we're eating and seeing it as more than just simply the food and connecting it to our mental and our physical state as well, and we talked about sitting down and eating slowly without distraction, thoroughly chewing your food, getting back into the kitchen as often as possible, even if you're just starting with cooking one fresh meal a week, that's an excellent place to start, but eventually working up towards eating more home-cooked meals than not, and keeping the recipes simple and allowing yourself to be very focused and present while you're preparing your food. And then um, the one thing that we I wanted to touch on, but we didn't as much, was just listening to your body. So if you have cravings and it's the same type of craving every day at the same time, you can start to maybe think about, okay, so what am I eating earlier in the day that could be causing this? Am I eating emotionally or am I actually hungry? 
And then the other thing is, is drinking enough water. So these cravings and overeating oftentimes can come as a result of simply just not being hydrated. Just dehydration itself can cause food cravings. So even if you were to start a food diary or things like that, you could start to see patterns of how you're feeling throughout the day, what cravings are showing up. And all of that together just helps you to build that closer connection with your mind and your body so that you can create a diet that is supportive and, but most importantly, enjoyable for you. Very good. Very good, Allie. I really appreciate that info, uh, the summary. I just have the last few questions for you, if that's okay. Um, one fun one real quick, which is, and people may want to know, how did you come up with the name of your business, Sun Soul Wellness? Yes, I'm very much, as you can tell, into finding connections, and I wanted to find a way to promote my beliefs on eating fresh foods, whole foods, instead of just what we coin as diet foods, low fat, things like that. Um, moving into fresh foods and sun soul is was my way of doing that. These fresh foods come directly from the sun. So we think of um, grains, vegetables, fruits, all of those get their energy directly from the sun. And when we eat those foods directly, we're getting the most benefit because it's coming closest from the source. And then soul because when we eat this way, it's helping us to nourish not only our bodies, but also our soul. So it's a connection between the food and our soul to give us our overall wellness. Excellent. Great answer. And then would you be able to give us three health and wellness tips to help our people live healthier lives? I would say listening to our bodies is the biggest one. There's a lot of information out there, a lot of diet books, a lot of health websites and blogs, and not only do a lot of them contradict each other, a lot of them are maybe a little bit biased because of a product that is being sold. So it can be very confusing to try to decide what's best for you in this world of promoting health products. So I would say it's the number one tip for being healthy is connecting with yourself and listening to your own body, making decisions based on what you like and what you feel is best for you and just not being afraid to experiment. So I would say that would be number two is not being afraid to experiment with different lifestyles. So not one type of workout is best for everybody. So we hear a lot about CrossFit, which is really great for some people, may not be the best mode of exercise for other people. Maybe walking could be better, yoga, swimming, and just exploring what's best for you. In the same way with food, there's a lot of different diets out there. And just not allowing yourself to feel restricted in any way. So what's good for you now, 10 years from now, might be different. You might need to change the diet. You might need to change what type of workouts you're doing. And by taking that approach, you're allowing yourself to adapt and to grow instead of feeling defeated or having any negative emotions when when things change. And then the third step, I would say, just because I'm such an advocate of food, is to look at your food choices and to not even worry about doing a complete overhaul of your diet. It's not necessary to go one day 
eating one way and then the next day completely changing, that's not sustainable either. But just starting to look at the ingredients on the boxes that you're buying or the foods that you're buying and starting to ask yourself, is this going to support me throughout my entire life or is there a better option or can I make this myself? And just, again, exploring options and not being afraid to try different things. Excellent. Great tips. I really appreciate those and my audience will enjoy those as well. I uh, just want to have one last question is, how do people get a hold of you, Allie? The easiest way to get a hold of me would be through my email, which is sunsoulwellness at gmail.com. If you're interested in the food and the pictures and recipe ideas, I am on Instagram. It's just at sunsoulwellness. And then I also have my website where you can read more about me, uh, my blog, some recipes, and my services, and that's sunsoulwellness.com. Very good. Excellent, Allie. I'm so glad I picked up your card and uh, connected with you, and I really appreciate you being open to uh, doing this podcast. There's a lot of good information here. I know my audience will love it. So thank you again, Allie, and uh, maybe we'll connect again in the future. Okay, sounds good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.